Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Hello, friends. Dr. Julie Hanks here. I am excited to welcome Simply Sadie Jane. As you all know her on Instagram, Sadie's going to be joining me in just a minute. We're going to be talking about faith transitions and how to talk to family and friends when you are going through a faith journey, uh, you're changing your relationship to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or any other church, Sadie's going to share her wisdom with us. Hello. Hi. So hello, nice hello. to virtually meet you. I know. I am such a huge fan of yours. <laughs> I just, before we even continue, I have to say the knowledge and the peace and the space you hold for people and the voice that you're bringing to so many people who just feel like there has to be in a black and white is so powerful. And I have found so much solace in what you do. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm like getting teary. (laughs) And I appreciate the work that you do to inspire women to love themselves and to be self-aware and to take care of their bodies and their hearts and their minds. So I am just really excited to talk with you, Sadie. Yes, me too. This has been a long time coming. This is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking today about faith transitions and how to talk to family and friends. So Tell us first a little bit about your faith journey. Yeah, so I come from a family of 14 blended family members. So (laughs) yeah, so my mom had eight children with my dad who left her for a man who now lives and is married to that man and lives an open uh, gay lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know about that until I read it in my brother's journal when I was 12, actually, because they, back in the day, I mean, my mom was just doing the best she could. She had no idea yeah. how to navigate that language. Oh yeah. Um, but so it was something that I have kind of learned to have my own truth in throughout growing up. But going back, my mom remarried to my father. Now I always say that I have like three fathers because I call them all dad, but <laughs> <laughs> um, six siblings. So there's 14 of us all together. And I always, Mm, there was a lot of things that I struggled with as my own truth in my childhood. A lot, a lot of things that were discussed, people just trying to do the best they could, you know, all this. Yeah. Yeah. So I struggled with food addiction, food disorders, uh, eating disorders as a child. And then the constructs really of just being told what I have to do to be right, to do right. And I didn't know any different. So I just kind of continued to venture through. And we just tried to, you know, do the best we could and appreciate and love. And anyway, I'll get, I'll get into that about where my relationship is now, which is so beautiful. But I went to BYU, Idaho and I graduated my registered nurse degree and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to go really fast. There's so many pieces to my story, but I married. (laughs) You don't have to write. Like I'm, I'm good. So Okay. Okay. I'm like, how do I, where do I go? Cause there's so many facets to this, to my story, but Yeah, I kind of 
webbed in and out of trying to understand why I was told that I was a daughter of God, but never really understood what that even meant. Mm. Um, I never understood why I'd go to the bishop's office. I never understood the concept of doing right or wrong. I I just, but I wanted to be right so badly. Right. So I just continued. So man, this on top of, you know, not having access to understanding mental health very much really ever my whole childhood. And then being so worried that if I was doing something wrong, I wouldn't make it to the place that I wanted to be, whether it was in in the next life or yes, whether it was this life or the next life. Yeah. A lot of my, a lot of my choices growing up were based off of fear of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but I also feel very guided very guided and protected by my angels and guides for who I chose to marry my incredible husband. And that's a whole nother IG life in and of itself. Cause the truth <laughs> of our life has been so powerful, but I graduated my Christian nurse degree, like I said, and I was um, a labor nurse for over six years. And I remember, you know, quickly, I pretty quickly started having babies. I, like I said, came from a very large family and one of the younger ones so I just kind of followed the example, kind of followed mm-hmm. through things. And I, w- I remember gaining a lot of weight with both of my babies. And I struggled severely with postpartum depression with my second mm-hmm. child. I was a primary president at the time, over like 350 kids in this like tiny town in Idaho. But it was so big. It was so overwhelming. I was working full-time night shifts. Uh, I was postpartum right after two toddlers. It was just exhausting. Mm-hmm. I was just completely, I was over, like I said, 200 pounds and I was miserable really. And I looked down at my son and I remember thinking you deserve so much more. And I thought Mm -hmm. I deserve so much more. And I could see the women that I took care of in that nursing facility and, you know, having some birth children and thinking how powerful they are and how come I couldn't see myself that way. Right. So I thought, well, I'm just going to lose a bunch of weight and I'm going to find my love for myself. It's going to be the answer to everything. (laughs) So yeah, I, right. Huh? I well, yeah, I didn't learn the heart, you know, I I uh I went strict paleo, cross it whatever, it's not even important, but I lost over 80 pounds and really what was crazy about this story about this piece anyway is I had been blogging on the side, okay, and just in the break room. But then I started sharing about this town or about my life from this tiny little town in Idaho. And all of a sudden I started getting women who were like, oh my gosh, I want this too. Like the fitness part was a piece of me to connect to people all over the world. So mm. I thought I found the key. And then I was more thin than I'd ever been and more miserable than I'd ever been. Mm. I developed severe body dysmorphia. Mm. I became addicted to phendermine, a, mm. a drug, you know, an upper a diet pill that I should not have been prescribed, but I was able to get because I had the hookup with being a nurse and the doctors. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Utah with my husband for his job. And I wasn't really safe anymore. Meaning, you know, I had my own, it was just rural Idaho. I could be safe there. Utah, I was, I was plopped right into Sugar House, right into Salt Lake City. And I got a lot of more cool opportunities as a blogger. So I quit mm. my nursing job because I started becoming more and more popular with this like weight loss thing and everyone was bringing attention. And I thought I had found this thing in me that I was missing when really I could not have been more suffering within myself. I just could mm. not find what does that mean? What does my worth even mean? Right. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, I was doing everything right. 
checking the boxes, going to church, fulfilling my callings. It just didn't feel like there were so many things I was missing. And I was really struggling and it kind of came to fruition in, in Utah when I started getting more modeling gigs and becoming more popular on social media. And I couldn't keep up. I was, I was mm. just in such a dark place in my mm. life. Around that same time, I was dealing with the death of my brother who had taken his life and just like the intermingling, yeah, of so many different webs, right? Of not yeah. just my gay father, but also my parents and also my 14 siblings and also my brother, you know, just so much chatter of things, but like never really spoken about. And I felt very lost, felt very confused, young mom. I couldn't understand why I wasn't happy after I was in a size zero G like, mm. how come I didn't find it? And then it was the depression set in. And I was like, if I'm not happy here, I'm not going to find it anywhere because I'm doing everything right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by divine inspiration, a really cool story, but I won't go super into it. I found hypnotherapy and I had never been to therapy before up until this point. It wasn't a thing that we did. It wasn't the thing that we, or that I thought was a thing. Um, this was in 2015, oh, exactly the same time I moved to Utah, which it then happened to be the exact same time I started yoga. And what happened is this new thing that wasn't a thing back then was called like self-awareness. I started becoming aware of myself, but really the huge shift was in hypnotherapy. And I remember I had no idea. I was like hypnotizing. What is this even? And I went to Dennis Parker in Farmington. He's now since passed, but he was actually one who trained a bunch of, I I took a bunch of his classes, became certified. And he's actually worked a lot with missionaries, with a lot of the apostles, really incredible guy. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to lean in and just do this. And we sat down and I got back to my hypnosis state. I was just like, I'm leaning into this because I had no other place to go. Like it was, it was this or my life really. Yeah. And um, what happened in there was miraculous because what happened is that my conscious, my consciousness, my conscious mind right here came in here and healed here. And for the first time I understood what it meant to be a daughter of God, because what I mm. used was my own power and my own strength and my own healing within myself to understand mm. the awareness of myself in here. Mm, beautiful. It shifted everything. It shifted everything. I um, And yoga shifted everything because I had to sit with all of the shit that I had felt in my life, right? I had a safe place to feel. And an awakening happened. Awakening that I, um, no other word other than awakening. And it just set me into this space that saved me one and also was something that I knew I could not, not talk about. Mm. So I became a yoga teacher and I became, you know, uh, did the hypnotherapy certifications and I read books after books and I felt confused. Now I should mention before this, before this awakening, I ruffled feathers I put a sports bra on and I showed it on social media and people were not happy about it. Who was not happy? Specifically family, specifically my husband, like him and I always work a little bit like this. I always kind of 
I say I always questioned, but not really. I was still very, very much what you would think black and white, right? But I also, I remember thinking, so my testimony was really forged in loneliness because for the first majority of my marriage, we've been married for 13 years now, but, and I was on this journey 2015, Jeff, my husband wasn't on the spiritual journey with me for literally up until maybe a year and a half ago. And we actually mm. divorced. That's a whole other story, but I'll get there maybe. Wow. But wow, there were so many people telling me this is wrong. This is wrong. Do this wrong. Right. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was okay. And it was right for me because of my relationship with my savior and God. So, when so I- wait, what was right for you? Yeah. Showing my stomach. Sorry. I kind of jumped back, but I wanted to say, that's okay. I just want to make sure everybody's following you because it's, it's important. So you're showing up on social media in a sports bra, which is immodest, which is not what is probably people expected of you. Right? Yes. And I wanted to mention that specifically because I remember that was a piece of my loneliness. That's what, that was a piece of why I felt like so desperate to find why I was hurting like this spiritual awakening. Cause I remember feeling like, wait, why is that bad? Mm. And so that was, that was a lot of forging of loneliness through my relationship with my savior and my heavenly father. So then jump years coming, right. Coming up in a couple more years. And I find this hypnotherapy, I find yoga, I find this spiritual awakening and it's only opened me up to the most full painful, hard, right? Like lots of healing, lots of ups and downs, but full, powerful, beautiful life that has awakened me to literally really everything Mm. and my own truths. And I don't really know if we want to, I mean, you can keep asking questions, but that's really where I'm at. So that's kind of how I started my journey of realizing what, who, how I am here, what I believe beliefs in general, right? Like Mm digging in and that kind of started this trajectory of digging into the roots of my beliefs of my core beliefs that were given to me by conditioning which is fine right people I do that with my own kids too but then it gave me the opportunity to be like what do I believe Mm. and I've been on that journey ever since and I teach women so it it was pain right pain and loneliness that kind of prompted this part of your journey yeah I think I think I always was confused why I was feeling depressed, anxious, sad. And yet I was supposed to feel a certain way because I was doing certain things. That was one thing. And I also was confused as to why I felt like I could do things and they were okay. And yet people were telling me that they were wrong. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, no, there's more here. Like I just know that there's at least for me, there's something more here. And my journey has been really interesting because when everything kind of started to come to a head, like when I started showing more of my stomach on social media, when I started just knowing that it wasn't wrong to wear a bikini and I started feeling, and we wouldn't need to go into it, but like lots of retraction from family members, right? Lots of judgments. Mm. Really easy for me to be like, I am out. Like I'm out, but I didn't for me in my own journey, I decided to stay. And as I've done so, it's been really powerful for me to live in a real intense space of accountability Mm. to forge like my own truth 
because of course there's spaces. I think it's really easy for us to feel victimized because we're so forced to feel a certain way or Mm -hmm. to, to believe certain things. So there's moments, you know, when you go through grief, when you go through the grief of like healing trauma, there's moments of pain and bitterness, but there's a difference between being a victim and that. And I had to learn that really quick because it feels good to be like, how dare you? This is my life. I'm going to live it my way. And of course I've had this, you know, this weave that I've had to do that with, but being accountable has shifted everything and also kept me really true to my intention, which is just my truth. Just my truth of like me wanting to live. And what's so beautiful about this is now there's places and spaces like you who people can be like, oh, wait, I'm not crazy. I can actually believe what I want to believe. And I sat in my room. I can't even tell you, like um, a temple worthy member of the church kneeling down with my babies in their beds, crying to Heavenly Father, please tell me if it's okay if I wear a sports bra on social media, because I was so confused and I didn't want to do it wrong. And so now forging seven years later, this beautiful place of peace and self-discovery where I get to live my truth. And I know that it looks different than everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're okay with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely has its ebbs and flows. I have moments where I'm like, I feel very triggered that I'm not liked by everybody. I feel very triggered that <laughs> I look, I, I'm different right? Like I think everyone does. I think that's why people find safety in labels and why people feel confused. I get, I can't tell you every time I do a Q and a, so, so what do you, people want to know? So what are you about the church? Obviously the church, but they're specific. So like, but what do you actually mean? So like, do you go to church every Sunday? Like we want to know more. Like, so tell me this and this, and because they want to feel like they have permission. People want to like have permission so badly. Like, okay, so you mean that you're like in, but you're out. So like, how much in are you, right? Like they want permission to do that. And it's like, doesn't really work that way. You've got to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just a substitute for another external authority, right? So I talk a lot about like external and internal personal authority and general authority. And there's, there's authority out here, but you're Mm -hmm. talking about claiming your personal authority over your life. Yeah. And and sometimes people look to people like us to be another external authority when that's yeah. not what they need. They need the internal yeah. that shift to internal. So I want to hear how you have communicated kind of these more nuanced and and seemingly rebellious, you know, behaviors or or kind of these changes with with your family and friends. So it's been really interesting. It caused a lot of contention, not just in our marriage, but in my family. Not, well, more so my marriage. Mostly all of it, now that we're almost on the other side, Jeff and I still don't see eye to eye, which I honor and respect. I don't think we ever should see eye to eye, but there's a commonality there, which is respect. And he respects and sees, but for a long time he didn't. And it's because it was all just based out of fear. People are just scared. That's really all it is. So before it was not seen well, I felt very nervous to speak my truth for a long time. I had secret tattoos for years. I got my first tattoo like in 2000, oh my gosh, like 11. 
And I was hit, I hit it and hit it and hit it until 2017. I got my first visible tattoo, but, um, it's so funny. Cause I was, I was just really scared, but I, I had a moment that was very pivotal for me. I was actually writing my self-love course. This was in 2018. An altercation happened with my parents and I was writing my self-love course. And specifically I was writing a piece about energetic boundaries and it was really triggering this altercation because their truth was different than mine. Mm. And I was like, wait, nope, this isn't, it was, it was a very triggering day. I remember thinking, put me in a mental hospital, please, because I thought mm. this was the therapy I'd been going to, to heal this. And then here I am with these people who completely have a different story. So as I have spoken my truths, I've been really intentional and that has helped me a lot. So if you go back to your story, like how has it been perceived? How has it been going? It's just been very slowly speaking and living how I've existed. I haven't had one moment where I've like sat with anybody and been like, so here's the thing. This is how I'm going to live my life. I just have lived it. And <laughs> there's some times that people come, right? Like my, a couple of times my parents have said things. But the beautiful, like, like what, like, give us an example. Okay. So, (laughs) okay. So my mom is worried about the fact that I post about the moon a lot, (laughs) which is okay. She's just concerned about me, but I really like astrology and she, Mm -hmm. it makes her worried. She's just worried. Yeah. she, She gets worried about astrology. Um, they, they worry about my modesty a little bit. Um, they've mentioned that before and just, I was just in Hawaii with them. And my dad said, no more tattoos, Sadie, no more tattoos. <laughs> He's like, what did you no. say? What did and you I was say? like, Oh dad. And I grabbed his neck and I just hugged him and I was like, dad, how are your cows? How are your cows doing? And we just laughed because he's actually not talked about it once. He's not said anything. And you know, I actually was sitting down with my mom the other day uh man maybe a year ago when we were eating dinner and I was like I just want you to know I'm getting another tattoo and it's a big one it was this fern one that I got on my shoulder mm. and she goes don't let my lack of don't my, let my lack of excitement think that I love you any less and oh, it was really powerful oh, yeah that is so beautiful yeah go mom go mom they are very they don't you can tell it's uncomfortable for them it's extremely yeah. uncomfortable for them seeing me live differently than them. But what's beautiful is I haven't tried to make excuses. I haven't tried to convince them of my truths. I've just lived. And if I know anything, if I know anything about living your truth, it's doing it in love. Mm-hmm. And so every time I felt kind of judged or back and forth with them, I'm consistently just like, I love you. I love you. And you know, that altercation I talked about that they saw a different truth in me. It was about an experience as a child. And, and I just had to say, I have boundaries with you. I'm going to take some space from you. And this isn't bitterness. This isn't judgment. This is me knowing that my intention is pure. And also my perspective will always be different than yours. And that set me free because then it like gives me this whole range of being able to be like, I'm going to just live my life. You know, and I think a lot of people just fear so much about what's going to happen when really like all we need to worry about is the love that we have for each other and the love of like living the life at our fullest. I have, um, I have a gay brother too, 
who's married to, to this incredible man and he's got tattoos all over and he's just such a good human. And that's all that matters. And I know that, you know, the fear that surrounds my parents' concerns really is just because they're worried and that's okay. It doesn't change my truth. Right. So as, as I've done, so I've been very intentional as I've like started to drip more of like who I am. I've just lived in truth in my own way and it's not perfect. And some truths change, but the, the best thing about all this is that I just get to be me and I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. I try to do that I think I learned the hard way because I tried to do it so much with my husband. So before I even tried to like drip it to my family members, I was like, Jeff, come on. Like, I just don't want to wear my garments to bed. So I'm just not going to wear them. And it was really hard for him for a long time. And then that kind of changed into something else and something else. And Hey, let's try this meditation. And, you know, and Oh, by the way, I'm buying all these crystals for our house. Right. And it was really, it was hard for him, but it was something that I knew I just could not do. It's like, I just can't not live the life that I feel like I want to live. Especially when I know that God and Jesus, like I have forged a relationship with Christ over so much loneliness and pain and they've always had my back. And I'm like, Mm. they're my homies and they're here. So like, I'm going to wear a bikini to the beach. And if you don't like it, like, I'm still going to do it. Right. Yeah. And and what we wear is such a small, little, tiny part of anything and, and who we are anyway, right? It's That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's like cultural expectations that got yeah. kind of somehow wound up together with, yes. with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The interesting part about all this is it's all just surface. It's stuff that it's all surface I'm like really trying hard not to swear because it's just surface crap that keeps us from really what's important about this life. Like, are we really just supposed to be worrying about what other people are wearing and what other people are doing with their bodies and what other people, how are other people are living? Or are we here to exist, to become better humans, to then become this glorified, beautiful being like God, if we can't go deeper and see what else, you know, what else is in there? Right, right. There was a comment I just want to respond to. Why are we blaming the Mormon church? Modesty is taught and lived in many other churches and countries and cultures. I want to say you're right. And the Mormon church is the context that I grew up in and that Sadie grew up in. And so that's why we're specifically talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and, and journey through that. So there's some, let me just do you mind if I take another uh, oh, yeah, totally. comment here? Yeah. Let's see. Advantage Girl 77. I'm sure they see this light and love in you grow. They will be able to accept your path as more perfectly yours. I love that. Just lots of people sending love to you, Sadie. I think it's really interesting, the modesty thing, because people get really uncomfortable when they're a part of something and other people don't agree with everything. This is that comment specifically goes back to what we talked about before the black and white. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, people are just worried and they think that if something is different for other people, then that means that it's maybe not true for them. And then that makes them scared because what's, what do they have to hold on to if foundation is broken? Yeah. So to be a part of a religion and to be able to be open-minded to the fact that 
to the fact that there's something different for everyone is important. So, mm-hmm. so the members that don't see modesty as a problem, right. Or that don't see anything really as a problem. I would love for there to be a space of openness for everybody to say, I see your truth. I'm sorry <laughs> that that is the way that your truth is. Cause you know, I, I work with, I am a life coach for women. I do women retreats. Mm-hmm. We do lots of healing things. And a lot of the times people come to me and say, this is my story. And I can yeah. say to them, I'm sorry that that was your story. Like, I'm sorry that that, that happened to you. It didn't happen to me, but there's a space yeah. of space holding right. that we can do that. You don't have to second guess your beliefs. Someone's saying that, I don't know if you read that. I would have to disagree. If someone disagrees with my, with me, doesn't mean I have to second guess my beliefs. Um, all I'm saying with this whole concept that I'm explaining is you can hold space for other people to believe in other things and to feel triggered by other things and it not have to be your story. Well, and it sounds like you've done that in your marriage, that you've been able to have a separate way of living than your spouse and that that and you respect each other. So you're actually modeling that in your family of how to be different and still respect and love. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I really believe that we're all individual sovereign beings, every single one of us. And so to learn that and to lean into that can be very scary and it can be very Mm -hmm. triggering. And so some things that we talk about here can be triggering because a lot of people are just, it's just scary for them to understand their individuality and their sovereignty and their power, but it's why we're here. We're not supposed to agree with everything. We're not supposed to all live the same lives. We're not supposed to all believe the same things. And I don't believe that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a space that has to be where everyone looks and sees and feels the same thing. Right, right. Yeah, Jesus didn't teach conformity. He said, follow me. He didn't say you have to do it this way. He said, follow me. He never talked about conforming talked yeah. about love. He talked about don't judge, you know, like all these beautiful truths. And somehow we think conformity is this virtue when it's like, wait a second, variety is what makes the world beautiful and what well, makes humans beautiful. Yeah. And Christ, I mean, he shook the dust. I mean, he dined with prostitutes and the blind and the needy and he went into temples and lifted up their tables and he walked by himself and he was alone. He was a shaman who not a lot of people saw and understood. He brought truth because he in his own right was so in his own truth. And that is so powerful. What an example. And he's our brother. Yeah. Like what better example for us to then be our own, you know? So yeah. So powerful. Wonderful. I, I have another question for you. So how do you, you said you haven't really had formal conversations with anybody. You've just kind of done your thing, lived authentically. And then when they make comments or judgments, respond with, with love and boundaries. Did I understand that? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had a couple conversations that will be brought up and I was like, mom, I always just say, mom, I love you so much. Um, I, I can only think of one, but I have a lot of conversations with my siblings, for example, mm. we all see different things. And 
you know, I just reaffirm to them that I have a really strong relationship with, with Christ and God. And um, I'm leaning and living in my truth and integrity. And that's really yeah. helped them understand and see. Yeah. And I maybe is a little bit different too for me because I haven't actively left the church. Mm-hmm. And it's really confusing for a lot of people because like, wait, <laughs> right. are you in or you're out? And I'm like, you'll never know. <laughs> because I have I have the right to be what I want to be in the church because I choose to believe it. I think really a lot of people want me to say I'm out and I'm just not going to do that because I believe in lots of truths outside the church and I believe in truths inside and I don't believe everything inside the church too. So I think that that's maybe a little, why it's a little different for me because there's never been like, um, I'm leaving. It's like yeah, living my life the way I want to live and it might be comfortable for you because it's different than yours, you know? Right, right. I love that. Love that. Okay. How do you or do you set boundaries with people that criticize you on social media? You know, I feel, I mean, I set boundaries in the way that I don't bring attention. Like I'm careful about the answers. People ask any kind of questions. You know this. I mean, people don't really care. They're inquisitive and they're curious. So I think I set boundaries the way I set boundaries with all social media, whether it's about religion or the way I live my life or my mental health. I try to only live in a space of gratitude. And I also, this is an important thing. I don't know, maybe just for me as an influencer, but as I'm processing and going through these different shifts and molds and changes in my life, I I have to be radically, um, accountable, like I talked about. And so when people ask me questions, it gives me opportunities to solidify what I believe. And so some questions are very triggering, right? So people are upset that people are upset in the comments. Like I actually really don't care what people say in the comments because it's their own truths. And if they're triggered, that's great. I believe triggers to be an incredible opportunity for us to heal and for us to show up in where we are. So it just depends. It depends on where I'm at. If people ask a question and I feel like I want to answer it, I will. But for the most part, I've noticed that I try and for me, my light is not super focused in the gospel as far as me sharing that piece of me because I very much feel like I'm a bridge. I'm a bridge from religion to spirituality. That is so... Because that's what I say. Like, anyway, I'm just like, that's exactly the (laughs) metaphor I use. Yeah. That I think, okay, I'm a bridge. I'm a bridge between these, all these groups of people. Yeah. And that think there's no, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I'm I'm a bridge too. We're both bridges. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And because of that, I have to be really careful. I, I want to answer every question. I want people to understand that there's truth. I want so badly to look at every woman and be like, you have choices. Like, this is okay. My tattoo is not going to harm your salvation, I promise. And actually, it's also not going to harm mine either. And, you know, I want to so badly do this for people. But also, it's not my job. And I can just be an open, safe place for people to come and say, guess what? Like I am such a hippie and you're safe here. And if you think that you maybe don't believe everything, like I can help you find what that is, your truth within you, the power within you. Like 
that's why the shift happened with me in hypnotherapy because I understood what it really meant to be a daughter of God, my own healing power. And that that goes hand in hand with the gospel in essence. And I think we're shifting more into that, understanding our power specifically as women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had to be really careful. And, and, you know, when I was first in this spiritual journey, I found that I was really making excuses because I was also really scared. So I would just wear workout clothes without my garments and only just like, I'm only, only in workout clothes. Um, I don't resound with garments anymore. And so I oftentimes don't wear them. I don't wear them. And so before it was really triggering if somebody would slide into my DMs and be like, what are you doing? You're not wearing garments. And it would be so scary for me. And now I just don't care because it's my truth and I love it and I'm happy with it. But it took years. So as I'm on this beautiful journey and as I've chosen to stay, in fact, I said this in a Q&A once because there was this beautiful woman who asked something about how she just left the church and how she's going to tell her parents or something like that. And I said on my Insta stories, it's really brave for someone to leave the church. It's also really brave for someone to stay in the church. It's brave for anyone to choose truth within their own self, regardless of what they're choosing. If it's different than your family or your sisters or your friends, that there's bravery in that because there's such a lonely state, right? But truth be told, you're never alone. And in fact, loneliness is such a powerful piece because then that's what we've all learned during COVID. Loneliness only teaches us to connect to our energetic bodies even stronger, connect with spirit stronger. And I think that's why maybe things are shaking up more because we didn't have church to go to and people (laughs) are confused and people are like, what's happening in this world? And it's really beautiful. That's how the church was established by questions, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. lean into that. Mm. So you help women kind of have this, these breakthroughs that you've had. Tell us about your coaching, your seven-week coaching course. Yeah. So currently my enrollment is open. I'm actually starting my, the enrollment's open till Sunday. And so I just wanted to make that clear, but I do a lot of different coaching. I have lots of different courses. I have an app that I have meditations for children as well. And that's a whole nother story of like, not just this is healing me, this spiritual awakening, but my kids and their anxiety. It's just such powerful tools that we should all be utilizing. So I have all those. And then I do these live coaching courses and I'm in the middle of one right now or starting one at the beginning of February. And it's a seven week chakra course. So it's actually chakras are just our energetic centers in our bodies. It's the way that our emotions flow in and out. It's how we feel safe and established, how we find our truth, our creativity. It's really just the foundation of understanding the spirituality within us. So it's a seven week course and I go through each different chakra and it's really powerful with this beautiful community of women and it's live and we do sound bowls and meditation breath work to go through it. And it's really a beautiful foundation for people who just, just are searching for more and aren't sure where to start. So, Mm. yeah. And so people, they can go to your Instagram bio and find links for that. Yeah. So the links just in my bio right there. Yep. Or like stories and click on it and the registration's open. You can DM me too. The registration's open till Sunday. It's 
super, super potent, lots of really credible eye-opening experiences for a lot of women. Last time there was over 350 women in the course and it's just, it's an incredible space and community. So mm. it's a good I love that. love that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just a great place to start if you're looking for more. That's awesome. I'm struck by how similar, even like we have different backgrounds professionally, but our missions are so similar. I chose this, you know, how to talk to family about faith transitions and because that's the theme for next month for my membership group. So I have a membership group where it's really affordable and people can go month to month or just choose. We have a theme every month and that's February's theme is talking to family about faith transitions. So yeah, so that is, we're taking people for next month. So I just wanted to mention that link in bio, Dr. Julie Hanks membership, and it's just an ongoing every month kind of thing. And we have a great time. I do coaching and we have a Facebook group and lots of downloads, all my courses you get access to. So anyway, we're both just healing, trying to heal the world, right? Yes. Just understand your own individual sovereign power, our own truths, and also having God with us along the way. There's just so much more to explore, right? And it's such a powerful place. And I'm just, I'm so impressed with your bravery. I'm so impressed with your voice. I just think it's really incredible what you're doing. And I feel very grateful because even I have had some healing moments through your Instagram where I can feel so not alone because journeys like this are scary and you don't want to do it wrong, right? But super, super incredible. So thank you so much. Oh, I feel the same about the work you're doing. I just... I'm drawn to you. I feel like there's so much in common as you're talking. I wanted to go. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. I yeah. And we're both married to Jeffs. So no. So there's crazy. that. <laughs> who are yes. who sound like they have very similar personalities. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll have to talk sometime offline yes. about that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, Sadie, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, chat with me tonight. It's been delightful to get to know you and feel your passion for healing women and for healing yourself and for just really defining your own spirituality and your own way of being in the world. It's beautiful and so inspiring. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.